0: Listen to The Amendment now, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to The Growth League, a podcast at the intersection of personal and professional growth. To get us inspired for the week, every Monday I seek out remarkable women leaders and we uncover their rule for growth something they learned in the process of achieving their own personal and professional goals. These rules are like shortcuts to success, and hopefully we can use them to save some time and heartache on our way to achieving what's possible. This week's rule from our guest Sarah Fay is developing your public speaking skills has the greatest ROI of any personal improvement. This episode is brought to you by Influence Co., a content marketing agency that helps companies create content that drives business results. Influence & Co. helps me take my keynote speeches and turn them into shareable articles in notable publications. They're currently helping me produce an article for Thrive Global on how to create a healthy relationship with failure. You can find out more about Influence & Co., And the many services they offer for thought leaders and companies interested in inbound lead generation in the show notes. I am Diana Kander, and like you, I feel the call to grow. I'm a Midwestern mom of two and have a career as a keynote speaker and growth consultant in which I go to companies and provide their leaders with a framework that's going to help them create their best year ever. But you don't learn when you're doing all the talking. So I wanted to create this show as a tool to help me level up my own game by learning from others. I invite you to join me on these mind-blowing, perspective-shifting conversations. Think of this show as the perfect way to get into a growth headspace for the whole week. Our guest this week, Sarah Fay, completely changed the way I view public speaking with this week's rule. I mean, I make my living as a public speaker, but Sarah helped me see that we can all make a better living by investing in our public speaking skills. Here's what you need to know about Sarah. She's Senior Vice President at Brookfield Properties, a leading global developer and operator of real estate assets with more than 8,000 employees. At Brookfield, Sarah's responsible for overseeing the marketing of all office and retail properties in the Northeast region and has a team of 17 people and a budget of millions of dollars each year. She lives in Manhattan and loves tequila and french fries. Sarah is an expert at using her voice to drive change. And in this conversation, we talk all about how she excelled in spaces where sometimes she was the youngest and only woman in the room, and also how she built up her confidence and her career at Brookfield. Here's Sarah. Cannot wait to dive in with Sarah Faye. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I want to kick things off with a story, kind of an opposite story. In your career, has there ever been a boss or a mentor, somebody who like destroyed courage, you know, gave you really bad advice or tried to put you in your place? That was a very demoralizing moment.
0: You know, I think particularly being in the real estate business for a long time, I was the only woman in the room. And luckily, that's changing now. And I was usually also the youngest person in the room and i think it it takes quite a lot of experience and confidence to really feel like you have a voice and a say and can kind of hold space in the room i think that especially when i was younger i probably should have stood up for myself more and should have voiced my opinion it's really hard to have the tools to do that when you're younger especially i think if you don't have other female examples and other women kind of encouraging that and
1: providing that example what brought it out for you i mean what was the difference maker do you think
0: I hate to say it, but I think it helps to switch companies and come into a position at a more senior level. And it's not always the case, but I think, unfortunately, when you're at a company for a while and with internal positions, you know, sometimes people have you in a certain box or have a certain image of you. And when you can come into a new role at a more senior position and kind of see what it's like to walk in and be given that respect and have people defer to your opinion and and your thoughts on that i think it just kind of builds from there
1: yeah that's awesome just having the experience of being like oh i had the same opinions like a week ago (laughs) and people treated me very differently (laughs) yeah exactly so when i asked you before the interview what tip you would give to young people in your organization One of the things you said was getting comfortable with public speaking and presentation skills, which I wouldn't think are required in a marketing role. So can you tell me, is there an incident or something that happened where you were like, I need to get better at this?
0: I really think that it's so crucial for anyone who wants to be really successful at a senior level, because when I think about public speaking and presentation skills, I don't necessarily think that that means you're giving presentations to an auditorium or even necessarily with a PowerPoint or anything that formal, but I think those skills carry to one-on-one meetings. I've seen people with very tactical skills, whether it's legal, accounting, marketing, leasing. If they don't have the ability to express themselves in that way and hold space in the room, I don't think that they progress as fast as the people that can. And so that's why I think it's so crucial.
1: So do you have a philosophy or a theory that you've learned that you would like to share with our listeners on how to make your presentations more compelling? I really think that... Unfortunately, it takes time
0: and practice. And in the beginning, when I had big meetings or big presentations, I would literally say them out loud in the mirror over and over and over again. I started to realize even if I generally felt comfortable with it, if I didn't literally start to say verbatim what I was going to say as soon as I got in a room with the CEO or whoever it was, your nerves get to you. If This hasn't really become muscle memory. And so I would literally say it line by line. And now I don't have to do that as much because I feel more comfortable, but I think it's really just about time and practice. I've done sessions where they videotape you and you critique it and no one likes those, but it's really worthwhile. Generally, I try to get my team to very clearly and concisely articulate why we're in a certain meeting, what it is they're trying to accomplish, and how we're going to get there. I find that often when people are really in the weeds on a project, they like to tell you how the sausage is made and give you all the details and all the things that aren't necessarily necessary. And I think especially for reporting up, it's important to just give the high-level takeaways and even just let people ask if they want more. Because I think
1: Often they don't, and it's a must it's, it's a much more effective way of communicating I think that's such a big aha moment. most people go into a presentation being like "I'm going to hit them over the head with everything they need to know, and you're saying something completely different, like make them ask for more so I, I just want you to tell me more about where that came from,
0: yeah, I think so often people really want a certain outcome and they're so close to it. Sometimes even I think a little too emotionally close to it. I've been on the other side of it in meetings where someone will kind of have verbal diarrhea and they're like, I want to do this. And because of this and this and this and this and you're like, Whoa. And I think if you can just step back and I think constantly tie it back to the business, so, you know, saying, this is my recommendation. And it's something that short and just sort of pausing there. And obviously, this isn't the perfect template for every meeting and every presentation. But generally, I
1: think it's really effective. It's almost like you're saying, if you're doing a good job, they should ask for more. And if they're not asking for more, then the conversation's pretty much done. Like they're not doing it. Is that what you're saying? I think that it's about leading with the
0: overall summary and where you're trying to get to to give people context and giving people really clear proof points. And a lot of times that is enough to get you over the finish line. And if it's not, they'll ask. But if it is, just leave it there like you already won. (laughs) And. I think most senior executives really appreciate the conciseness. And I think to be concise and succinct, you have to know the topic inside and out. Like typically when people sort of babble and when they talk a lot, it's when they don't feel as comfortable in the subject matter. And they're trying to make up for it by filling in with all these facts. When you can feel confident in your recommendation and in what you're talking about, I think it allows you to be very clear and very to the point.
1: There's this great quote by Mark Twain that said, I'm sorry, I would have written a shorter letter if I had more time. Yes, it's exactly that. It's exactly that. So last question on presentation skills. How do you know if you have their attention? How do you know if things are going in the right direction?
0: I would just ask either another senior executive or someone that is in a mentorship role, or, you know, if not just friends and family, I mean, I used to practice some of my presentations for my boss, if it was going to be for a really big audience. And by the way, that's actually a really great way to kind of network and build those relationships. Cause I think people really love when you ask their feedback, when you, when you're like, Hey, can I get your advice? Can I get your opinion? Cause I think it also shows a little vulnerability and I, it shows that you're prepping as well. So I think it hits on all of these positives if you can go to another senior in the organization and say, hey, I'm practicing for this really big presentation. Would you mind giving me some pointers or listening and and telling me if what I'm saying is clear? And I think that goes such a long way with people.
1: Building a successful business online can be challenging. From creating a standout online presence and building a marketing strategy to the technical side of running a website, it's a lot to manage. And that's exactly where Wix comes in. It offers a complete business solution with all the features that you need to create, manage, and grow online. You can build your website exactly the way that you want it with thousands of design features that have been created with your needs in mind. Wix has strong infrastructure in place, providing you with reliable hosting and fast loading times, which are everything. If people are waiting for your website to load, they will leave. And on top of it all, you get marketing and business tools built into your website dashboard, making it even easier for you to reach the right audiences. So head over to Wix.com and join millions of people growing their business online today. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. Now you know Athletic Greens is the product that helps you with gut health, having more energy, optimized immune system, and I actually use it as a way to help me set healthy habits. So I drink my first cup of coffee in the morning, and I always want a second one immediately, but I say to myself, I'm not gonna have that second cup until I finish my Athletic Greens. And after I drink the Athletic Greens, I never want the second cup of coffee. It just offers me the full range of energy and vitamins that my body feels like it needs. So what's in this stuff? With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start the day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, focus, and aging. All of the things. I take it every morning, like I said, after my first cup of coffee, and it gives me the energy that I need to take on the day. Tons of people are taking some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body is actually going to absorb. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free, and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during the COVID surge that we're facing now. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D which many of us are low in and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/growth. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/growth to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so I have a quick speed round. What is your superpower habit? So your best habit or system that you think Contributes to your continued success. My superpower habit is
0: having a somewhat balanced life. And I say that to mean I read a lot. I spend a lot of time with friends and family. I... Go to museums and events all over New York City. And I think especially in marketing, it allows me to kind of seek inspiration from other places and connect the dots. And it also keeps me really energized because the job can feel really exhausting. There's the the management side of it. I manage a team of 17 and then also the work side of it. And I think having those outlets and having that balance in my life is what allows me to recharge and keep going and pivot between a million projects cuz i think you know if one project is kind of hitting a wall or i'm really feeling drained on something i can focus on something else for a little bit and still be productive
1: it seems like your job could easily be all encompassing so what is what is the system that you use to make sure that happens i think
0: part of it is getting more confidence with seniority you know i encourage my team to be able to articulate both your strengths and your weaknesses because we all have weaknesses and i think there's this desire when you're younger to pretend that you can do everything and you don't have any weaknesses and you can figure anything out and that's just not the case i'm someone who really believes in emphasizing your strengths and staffing to make up for your weaknesses and just making sure there's no holistically on the team. There's no gaps. And that we can either staff accordingly or use agencies for the things that we're weak on. And I think if you can clearly answer your strengths, you feel more comfortable just acknowledging your weaknesses. All of that is to say that I think when you become comfortable with both of those things and can get away from this idea of needing to grind in kind of that what I hope is sort of an older corporate mentality of just constantly, constantly putting in long hours and exhausting yourself as if it's like a badge of honor. I just don't believe that. And that you need the balance to be even more successful in a lot of ways. And I think that that just came with time and experience, unfortunately.
1: I don't think that there was any trick, but hopefully someone else will learn that younger. Okay, well, speaking of weaknesses, what is your kryptonite habit? Something that could be holding you back from continued success.
0: I definitely have moments of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, moments of wondering, am
1: I really good at anything? All of those inner demons. What do you do? What do you do in those moments? Because I, I, you know, I want as much as possible to help people figure out. Like In those moments, I, I do these three things.
0: I think those moments especially, it's really crucial to go be with people who love you, friends, family, whoever it is, and take a break and or even say to them, you know, I think in really bad moments, say to them, like, I'm really in a spiral right now and I'm really feeling like I have no skills. I mean, I've literally had this I've, I've called my best friend and been like, I don't think I know how to do anything. You know, I'm feeling like a complete fraud. You know, and she literally lists back to me, well, that's empirically not true because X, Y, and Z, and that's never been true. And, you know, for whatever reason, I think when hearing that from someone else is always hugely, hugely helpful.
1: Well, that sounds really familiar. It's something that I do on a regular basis as well. And I think the opinion that they offer is like the benefit of zooming out when you're just so focused on something that didn't work or how you feel. They can offer you that perspective that you should be able to give to yourself in better times. Now, you shared before the interview that there are a couple of areas that you're looking to grow over the next year. So you said you're trying to get better about cooking and more intentional about spending your time. It sounds like you're already pretty good about how you spend your time. So tell me more about that one. It's probably a COVID cliche. I think coming out of
0: the pandemic, like so many people just realized that I really wanted to kind of double down on the relationships that really matter to me. I felt like in hindsight, pre-pandemic, I was really kind of fracturing my attention by going to a million, you know, drinks with people, drinks and dinners with vendors and, you know, just all kinds of interactions like that, that you kind of get caught up in in the corporate world at the end of the day I want more time and memories with the people that I really love who are going to be next to me and I just I want the quality of those interactions to be better meaning like I want to be off my phone I want to be excited to be there I want to be engaged and not just like checking the box and going to the next thing
1: on my calendar so what are some systems or tools that you're using to make sure that that happens
0: I'm trying to really be strict and realistic about my calendar and my social life. Like I know myself and there's only so much I can do without really getting tapped out and and really getting drained. And so I think just being more realistic about that and and saying no to things and, and then proactively scheduling the things that are really important to me.
1: That sounds like a great approach. Okay, let's get to the rule. I feel like when we talked about presentation skills, you had so many great tips. So do you think there's a rule in there about the importance of presentation skills to our professional growth?
0: You have to think of presentation skills or public speaking skills as a crucial tool in your toolkit to be successful. It is it's literally like giving you a leg up or a booster on success. Like it is this tool. And I think it is fairly input in is like reward out. Like I really, I've never met someone who puts the time in and the practice in and doesn't get positive results and doesn't see an impact on you know the interactions with the people around them i think it's one of the easiest ways at any level of seniority that you can put time into your development that is going to pay back immediately
1: what a great rule from sarah public speaking skills are such a crucial but sometimes overlooked tool for growth in the workplace and in our personal lives I had lunch with a good friend this week and she said to me, there is absolutely a ceiling for your career if you can't command the room. And this is a very new realization for her, only in the last year after she hired a coach to help her with her public speaking skills. Because after a recent presentation to her organization, her inbox became flooded with notes of people saying, whoa, how did you just do that? You were amazing, that was incredible. That is the kind of transformation that's possible when you invest in this very important skill set. And I'm almost afraid to say this out loud, but I do believe that how you communicate your ideas is more important than what the ideas are in the first place and how they're received by your audience. If you want to debate me on this, then you'll have to come chat with me about it in the Facebook group. It's called the Growth League Podcast, and it's your place to take part in growth projects, debate me on my strongly held opinions, and meet other amazing like-minded individuals. If you enjoyed the show and you want more like it, please make sure you're subscribed. And if you have a suggestion of how we're doing and what we could be doing better, please leave those comments in a review for the show and include your social media handle so we can thank you. Thank you again to Influence Co. for sponsoring the show. If you want to create a system out of your thought leadership that serves as lead generation, SEO for your website, and just increased sales, feel free to reach out to me and I'll tell you about my work with Influence Co. Or you can go directly to influenceandco.com growth. I cannot say enough about this company that I have known since its founding for over 10 years. That's it for this week's episode of The Growth League. I am Diana Kander, wishing you an amazing growth-filled week. The Growth League is a Wonder Media Network production. It's produced by Edie Allard, Adesua Agbanile, and Taylor Williamson. Our executive producer is Jenny Kaplan, and our editor is Emily Rutter. When the sun goes down at the world's leading business school, the faculty speak their minds. Harvard professors, young me... Me here and Felix are hosts of After Hours, a podcast from TED. Each week, they catch up after work to dish on topics torn straight from the headlines, from Facebook to free trade to how to buy happiness. Think of it as professors in cars having coffee. This season, holiday travel headaches, chicken sandwich wars, and their big predictions for 2022. Get ahead of the trends and find After Hours wherever you listen.